Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Triforce podcast. God, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Well, anyway, we're finally here recording again, and we have uh, Flax in Seattle. What's up? On a remote line. Yeah, he sound different. His mic is different. Yeah. He's using a I, laptop. I bought, I bought a new laptop for the trip. Oh, shit. Did you get a gaming laptop? It's a big old Alienware laptop, dude. It's fucking huge. You got an Alienware? I did. Yeah, I did. Fuck me. Jesus, that's pretty good, actually. It's, it's pretty good. Well, you're there for what, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. And also, like, oh, we went man. on holiday last week. I was in France on holiday all week, so I, I wanted to take a laptop away with me there, and I, I did. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm getting three weeks out of it already, and I've got one of those Vive things, and the problem is I have to lug my computer all the way downstairs every time I want to use the damn thing, and my kids are like, can we play on the virtual reality? I was like, no, daddy doesn't want to move his computer, so yeah. this thing will run it. Nice. So, um... Yeah, so I think that's good. I can just pop this so on there. So it's a good, a good dad solution. It's a catch-all. Exactly. It solves a lot of problems. A lot of so problems. So are you wearing your t- trademark um, bathrobe? No, no, no. I got With dressed. your chest open? No? Because <laughs> we've all seen the vlog. It was trending on YouTube. I know. Um, your yeah. first TI deflect in the morning. I, when I looked at it, it was like number 15 on trending. Yeah, it was uh, nuts. On the whole of YouTube, P-Flex. You're a big star now. No, 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 no. It's true. How, so, do, how does it feel? What ha- What's changed in your life since you've become such a big star? Bitches. Getting a lot of bitches. Oh. A lot more bitches. Oh, no. Yeah, what do you, just, yeah. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> or anywhere else, for that matter. They're um, all over me as we speak. Wow. So, so, so are you recording this? How did you record that vlog? Because the audio on that vlog was really nice. That's just on my phone. On your phone? Yeah, it's just the, the Galaxy yeah. uh, S6. Man, phones phones are crazy these days. Yeah. They're meant for that kind of shit, right? It's, it's Instagram. That whole stuff. vlog was just like you, what, your phone propped up on a pillow or something. Yeah, literally. I just rested on the edge of the sofa against the wall. Quick record. And that's that. Damn, Jeez. son. The audio it's, it's for that. Not bad, Might as well record on your phone. It's probably better than <laughs> yeah, this quality. Jesus. I know. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, Seattle, man, what's it like? Give us the rundown. Is there like um, a buzz in the air, excitement yeah, around TI? I, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, this is my fifth TI, which is kind of insane. I, did, I didn't expect wow. it to come to five of them. Um, I did expect to go to We've one all watched the vlog, P-Flex. If you haven't watched it, guys, like it was like a little mini podcast. Yeah. You don't need to fill me in on the same old stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I want sorry. New, I, want, I want new original. Have you recorded more vlogs? Are you going to do more of them? Yeah, right? one went up to about 10 minutes ago, so. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. Well, I mean, at the time we're recording one. this, that's all right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that one is kind of low-key. I talk about my sleep, my night terrors. I talk about them quite extensively in that. 
uh, and why I never share a hotel room at events and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Seattle's great. It's super hot this week. It's like 30, 35 degrees or something nuts like Fuck that. off. Um, yeah, it's like it's, beautiful weather. I went out and, and ordered a, a walk, went out for a walk this morning, got fucking rained on the whole way to the office. My umbrella blew inside out. And then I went out for lunch and I got fucking <coughs> soaked. I'm sorry. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. It's winter has started over here already when you get back. Like, oh, man. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, before Seattle, I went to we went to France. We went to um, the Vendée, which is sort of not too far down. Uh, it's on the, the left hand side. It's near Nantes. The left hand side of France. Yeah, nice. on the left hand bit. And it's kind yeah. of it, it's beautiful forested area. Lots of farmland as well. And I've got to tell you guys about this thing called Puy de Fou that we went to. Oh okay? man! Yeah. Now tell Puy me. de Fou means in French basically basically a Puy is a well. And foo means madness. So it's kind of like well of madness. That's what I thought it was. And I said to my French neighbor, does it mean well of madness? And he goes, no, not really. I was like, it's one of those things where the words are, the, are right, but it doesn't actually translate to that. So it's just, I don't know what it translates to, but it's, it's bonkers. It's a theme park, but there are no rides. There's, there's no roller coasters or anything like that. What you do is you queue up to go to these sort of shows, like a sort of short play, but with a combination of mag there's like some magic trick kind of stuff going on there's like drama and singing sometimes and music and a lot of stuff with animals it's in it's just bonkers it's absolutely bonkers it, it, i've never seen anything like it it was incredibly popular it was so jammed when we were there and there was this thing called something like le oiseau de fantôme something like that Okay. Yeah. You guys yeah. there? Okay. Sorry. You're quiet. Yeah. Um, the ghost's penis. <laughs> that's what going, it means. The, the penis of the ghost, obviously. <laughs> and it's like a bird show. And you sit down in this little sort of amphitheater. So it's like a small theater. There was maybe 800 people there in a, in a circle. These women come out, beautiful French women in these amazing gowns and everything. And they're delivering this sort of very dramatic. Um, I don't know what the hell they were saying, but there was something about birds, obviously. And it's kind of medieval. And they're talking, and then suddenly an owl, like a beautiful big owl, flies from one side of the theater to the other. This is all open air. And yeah. zooms really close down to the crowd and lands on its perch and turns around, and, and she talks about some other stuff. And then another owl comes out. Suddenly there's like five owls flying around the auditorium. We were like, wow, this is beautiful. Right. Um, but, you know, so far, so good. And then the biggest owl I've ever seen in my life comes out of this other nook. And sort of zooms down across the audience and perches on like her arm. Is it stuff. a man dressed up as an owl? It's not. It's an actual owl, dude. Like I was looking for special effects. This was a real owl. And then these wow. guys come up and they do all this falconry. And the falcons are flying like three feet over your head. They're like you can feel the wind from their wings as they go over you. Sometimes the birds go a little low and like brush into you. Do they? Do they ever accidentally poop on anyone? No, I was waiting for that. Not are they one trained poop. to like hold in their poops? I think they just use corks. I think they stuff a cork right. up, up there. <laughs> right. A tiny owl cork. Tiny cork. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see anyone get pooped on, but there they were these eagles. Like, they eventually they bring out these eagles, and the eagles are flying really low what over the crowd. What the fuck always going Man, on? Is this the dream what? that you had? I don't no, fucking know. How is this, like, constantly one-upping itself? I know, like, what, I know. What's next, and, pterodactyls? And, Jesus. Dude, just, just you wait. <laughs> this eagle, it, it kind of got confused, and it landed on this dude in the audience, like, on his head. Like that scene in The Simpsons where the bird is on Krusty's head. There's an eagle on this guy's head, and he's just sort of trying to stay as still as he can, and the eagle's kind of moving around and looking a bit confused, and the falconer is waving meat at it to get but it to come back to him. But they have huge talons. Like, how yeah, is dude, he not dead? He was fine. Like, he was just he was just chilling. Shit, so the eagle, the eagle goes off, and then, and then I'm thinking, right, I mean, where, where do they go from here, right? And then suddenly, vultures. 
these vultures come out and they are huge oh these my things God. their wingspan is huge and they're flying like a foot above the heads but like they fly so close at one point this giant vulture flies in between me and my mum right who was sat on this sort of bench seat between us like the feathers are like whacking you in the head and everything I was like this is unbelievable and then all the birds disappear and you're like wow god that was unbelievable and then the woman, the main woman in the show, she rides up this pole. She's sort of holding it with her arm. It looks like she's levitating. My, my youngest daughter was losing her mind. She thought she was seeing someone fly. She hadn't seen that old magic trick. You know, she was like, ah, she's flying, she's flying. She's like going nuts. <laughs> and then she gets to the top of the pole. It's like 20 feet in the air. And she waves her arm, says something in French. And every single bird that's been in the show to that point shoots from behind her. They all come flying forward in like this sort of Battle of Britain style display. And I was, I just couldn't believe it. Everyone's in tears. We're all, unbe- we just can't believe what we're seeing. There's birds everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's birds like storks and cranes and, and ravens and owls and eagles and vultures. It was mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> and now it's Man, just like that. It's stuff like that. There was like a gladiatorial it, that, battle with lions and tigers running around and stuff. It was shit. like, what am I seeing? It was oh. crazy. So when I, so you tweeted about this. You were like, before you went, remember, you, you yeah. sent out a tweet and you're like, anyone know anything about this? Like, is it any good or whatever? And like, when I saw that tweet and I saw that you were going, I, I was jealous because I've known about Puy de Fou for like some time and I've always wanted to go. And like, I always like keep trying to convince my wife to go and stuff. And like, we almost went a couple of times and we, and we didn't. Right. And, and then I totally forgot about it after we had kids and stuff. Cause like, that's, of course, you know, yeah, yeah. you just like forget like, uh, uh, you know, your ambitions and stuff after you have kids. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Play to fool. Like I, I really want to go. Like oh, I heard so many good things about it. I, I had like, we got, cause we were in like St. Malo or something and there was like brochures for it there. Right, right. Like, you know, like they, they advertise it everywhere. So sort of thing but it's not like that far away right it's just no, like no. up sort of normandy it, it's really sort not of way, it's, right? it's no 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 it, it, it's not far from not so it's it's okay. basically i mean not we only, we were only there for a few hours not is gorgeous like i really want to go yeah, back and see not is like what like north of uh ren right i'm not sure is it like up that i mean there's la rochelle or, or, or is it paris is it north of paris no, i no, can't no, no, remember no. It, it's not it's not north of paris it's 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 quite near the coast so it's like there's la rochelle on the coast and then uh, northwest of that a bit is not it's not far okay um all so right. if you if you get a chance to go to, to that part of France, the Vendée is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, we went to this place called the the Venice Fair, so it's like Green Venice, and it's a series of swamps in the the woodland of the Vendée, and they've dug these canals so that when the it's it's not the that's not swamp like the one that Smeagol, uh, you know, draws uh, Frodo and 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 built and uh, what's his name Sam into. It's like it's a nice swamp. Right. So there's like cows and. And there's beautiful trees and everything like this, and um, it's it's gorgeous. Man, it's just I'm trying stunning. to picture a nice swamp. Like I think I I've been wrecked by all the stereotypes <laughs> know, of right? a bad swamp. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I mean, in any video, I'm game. thinking like swamps in The Witcher and like yeah, World of the Warcraft, worst. and they're they're w- the worst swamps ever. Yeah, people are like you got to go to the swamp. You're like, this is gonna suck. Like it's gonna be a swamp. Yeah. There's nothing worse. But these are like nice swamps, and there's like farming and nice. stuff. Well, there was. So the the wet swamp is where they store the water to supply the dry swamp during the the summer. And if it rains heavily, then the dry swamp doesn't get flooded because they put the water in the wet swamp. There's like locks and things like that. It's very clever. It's like re- it's like really, really old. It's, it's like hundreds and hundreds of years old. So you can hire these guys called um, Pigui, which is like they're named after this big stick that they have. It's like a big stick, uh, a slightly bendy stick, and they push it down into the water until it bends like a bow. And then they just hold it. And it's sort of, as it straightens out again, it pushes the boat along the canal. So it's like you get this beautiful, silent 
journey through this stunning woodland. There's like animals around and it's, it's just this uh, very, very deeply relaxing. And there's no mosquitoes. And we said to the guy, it's a swamp. How come there's no mosquitoes? He said, well, there are so many dragonflies here. Because there's dragonflies everywhere. Just like thousands of dragonflies. Their larva oh, eats mosquito larva. So the mosquitoes, anytime there's any mosquitoes, they get eaten. Like when they're babies. So very few of them survive. So there's no big mosquito population. It's not a yeah, problem. but there's big fucking dragonflies everywhere. But they're I don't awesome. Know what's worse, they're beautiful. They, they didn't bite I you. I know, but like, what's Jesus. to stop the dragonflies getting out of control? Huh? Yeah. yeah. What eats them? Birds. They're the birds. Spiders. What eats the birds? Huh? And then what's going to eat those birds? Foxes. The bigger birds. Right. Bigger birds. And then the. F- <laughs> And then who's going to eat all those foxes after they've gotten all fat off the birds? Well, how do you, what do you think's in the restaurants at Point of Food? <laughs> Point of Food is all fox and bird food. <laughs> it's all fox food, yeah. That's the thing. You, nice. you can stay. You can stay at Point of Food in like a castle. There's a hotel like in a castle. The restaurants were oh, okay. really good there because it's French. So it's like the food is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we went to this place called um, Le, Le Relais de Poste. And it's like a, not medieval, it's more like a sort of, I guess, like 16th, 17th century dining experience. So they bring you like a slab of bread and a really good sort of pate. And then they bring you like a delicious cassoulet, which is like one of my favorite French dishes, like a big stew with like sausages and duck in it and everything. It's really, oh, it's delicious. And, and a jug yeah. of wine and everything. And they sing all these traditional French songs and everything. It, it was just, it was fucking great. It was absolutely great. The only problem is the French can't queue. And there's a lot of queuing going on at Puy de Fou, yeah. okay? Yeah. And they cannot do it. I don't understand the logic, the, the leaps of logic, the mental just leaps that they have to make. We're in the queue. Man. We've been queued. Hold on, dude. L- let, me, let me just say this because I've got to get this off my chest, okay? <laughs> We're in the queue for half an hour. There's like hundreds of people queuing up to get into this thing. And this lad and his, and his family, he's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And everyone's letting him pass because they think he just works there or whatever. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse your butt, excuse your butt. And he just pushes past everyone to the front and just stands there. He just wanted to be at the front. So he just excused me his way through the queue. Yeah. And I thought, what, what the fuck is that? And I say very loudly, what does this lad think he's doing? Just pushing, is no one going to say anything? And there was like one other English couple in the queue and they were like laughing. And they were like, I, I just can't believe what we're seeing. Like with the, 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 the two English families were just like, well, what the hell is going on here? Society's crumbling. All the French guys were just ignoring them. They didn't give a shit. It's like, how could he not care? This guy's just making a mockery of your time, people. <laughs> <laughs> I was furious. Yeah. Man, people do not like to queue in this day and age, though. That's the thing. Everybody's so used to getting things instantly. Netflix. Oh, well. Yeah, no one has they, to wait. You don't have to wait for 8 o'clock for your favorite TV to show nobody, up anymore. Nobody wants to wait for shit anymore. You just, like, you know, come back and then it's yeah, but, on demand. I mean, if you're in the States or in the UK, people will still queue. Like, people understand. Yeah. If there's a line, you're at the back of it. You ever get, like, those loud sires in a queue as well? They're like, <laughs> <gasps> oh, like, it's the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to them. Jesus Americans Christ, can like, queue, I think. We give yeah, Americans yeah. budget, but they're pretty they're pretty cute. They, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you if you've been in a queue in America and someone jumps you, you'll get someone going, Hey buddy. But I can understand the French not giving a shit. The and the Italians. Yeah, they don't care. As well, just the Chinese, the Chinese, the Italians, the Spanish, they, they don't queue. The Germans will queue. It's all honestly. I don't know what it is. The French just they I mean, can't in, do it. in England, queues just spontaneously form for no reason. Yeah, and people just yeah, join but, them. But nobody knows like where to stand though. Like that, like 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 a queue in Britain, I find is always like sideways and not like long ways. You know what I mean? Like everybody just stands at the front, like in in a ball 
sort of thing, and like it doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, no, most. But then most, you're queuing, homie. There's always someone who's been in that queue before, and they always know where the queue is supposed to go, and so therefore the queue does tend to naturally form up. I've found in places that I've queued at regularly. I don't know. No. We're we're good at queuing. I'm fucking. I I I. You know, there's you just walk along the street and there'll be a queue and people will join it and they'll yeah. be like, oh, what's this I, for? I pride myself on on my queuing and the, the queuing of my people. Like, our, our yeah. nation, we're, we're good at Man. it. And I, I think in a way it shows a respect. It shows a respect for your fellow citizens. So two things about what you were saying. One, Man, it sounded great, right? And two, I'm I'm surprised I'd never heard of it because it's like I've just, I was looking up what you were saying, and it's like the second biggest tourist attraction yeah. in in France behind Disneyland oh, Paris. Yeah, it's a huge great. thing. It's like, like when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this is just like medieval times, but like on a bigger scale. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, did, it's a really you sit cool there and you watch thing. jousting and you eat chicken and stuff, and it's like wow, it's amazing. it looks yeah. it looks great. And you know, maybe listening to you made me want to travel more and be like, oh, you know, just get in a car, drive around, go to Poi de Fer, go to all these other cool places in France I've never been to. You know, that'll be that'll be that'll be fucking great. And I, I think I ought to do it really. And also it reminded me of um the game that me and uh, Sips played in Crusader Kings. So me and Sips did a little bit of Crusader Kings 2. Um and spoilers, Nantes, which is where Poi de Fou is, they were a bit they were a bit too strong for me to deal yeah. with. <laughs> Poor Lewis. So like, I've got like a little actually, bit of a grudge against actually <laughs> Dynasty like cucked died. Like oh, he's wow. just done. That was it. Full yeah. full dynasty cucked. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully by the time um, yeah hopefully that'll be out by the time this is out. But yeah, oh my god. <laughs> it's not ruined. It was an interesting game, yeah. It was, it was interesting. A... It wasn't very long, was it, Sips? Jeez. No, no, we weren't very we good did. either. But um no. we might give it yeah. another go. Uh well, holy speak shit. for yourself. I mean so, I did pretty so good. So you've got your fancy laptop, right? Yeah. Have you got what what did you have you got any games on it? Did you get any like movies on it? What did you watch on the plane? Did you were you able to use it on the plane? You and got stuff? dad games on that, don't you? Powerful gaming laptop, and let me guess, Civil War generals and shit like that. <laughs> How'd you know? I've literally got oh, that man. on here. I've, no, I've got, I've got, um, I got, uh, let me see what I've got installed. Let's have a look. I've got Battle Brothers. You know how I know Flex? Because you see me playing it? No, because because my life adventure is very similar to yours. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've got FTL, I've got North Guard, and Ultimate General Civil War, and of course, Dota. But yeah, uh, yeah. Nor- North Guard is interesting. I've been playing that a bit. It's, it feels a bit like an RTS, whereas I expected it to be more like a sit, sort of city builder, like Banished or something like that. Oh, yeah. But it's really I not. Liked it. It's quick. It's over quick, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Me and Lewis played it a bit last I mean, time. I mean, it's, obviously, it's obviously meant to be multiplayer. It's obviously meant to be multiplayer. But I'm just playing against the AI. And I'm like, damn, just when I think I've got my food situation sh- sorted, everyone's unhappy. Or when I think I've got my happiness situation sorted, we haven't got any wood. And so I'm like, it's a constant balancing act. And then I just think, why don't I just make a shitload of units and go and beat up this other guy? And I do that. And then I'm sort of like, well, they're still miles ahead of me. I'm like a Thane or whatever, or a Jarl. And they're like, they're building a forge of Odin's sword. And I'm like, shit, I just suck at this game. So I gave up. Yeah, it takes, I mean, it takes a little while to get used to it all and stuff. It's, It's cool though. When I was in Bristol last, me and me and Lewis played it a couple of times, didn't we? You guys were streaming it, and then we had a couple of games after. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought yeah, it was it's okay. Fun. It's okay. I'd like to play it multiplayer. So, sorry, I shifted onto game chat, but no, I, I, I'm interested. I'm just interested. That's all. So you took the kids to the theme park, did you? How were they? Did oh, they yeah. enjoy it? Was it they like loved it? They loved you it. took you took Mummy Flax as well. Yeah, there? Big Mama Flax came, and my sister and her boyfriend came along. 
Damn, and, there was um, like a whole crowd of you. Yeah, there's like you, seven of us. There's a big old family. And it was, did you uh, go it was specifically nice. to go to Point de Four, or were you going to the area anyway? No, no, no I mean, was... we were going. Uh, Mrs. F booked it. She's very good at this kind of stuff. She's like, I want to go to France. I found a nice place. Let's go. I was like, cool, sounds good. We went to see a friend of ours, um, and she said, oh, you're going to the Vendée. You should go to Point de Four. And I said, what the hell is that? And she struggled to explain what it really was because she was like, I don't know, I've never seen anything it's like it. It's a theme it. park. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not. It's a theme park with no rides. Like, that's the thing. You expect there to be roller coasters and stuff. Like, in the UK, I think they would have that. They would have some shows, but you'd have rides and shit as well. Right. I think there's a carousel, but that's it. Like, it's literally just shows. And, and there is the nighttime show, incredible. Like, that's why I wanted to stay over, but we didn't get to see it. It's like this ridiculous evening show, like lights and fireworks and dancing and music and everything like that. And that was the original Puy de Fou, was this show. And they've expanded it from there. Oh, so they've got like a thing with the Knights of the Round Table. They had a Roman gladiator battle, right? And the guys come out and it's the Gauls versus the Romans. Whole stadium, like a football-style stadium, like for a small club. Thousands of people are all cheering. And these guys come out and they're riding the, 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 the chariots, you know, with four horses, like the Roman chariot. And we think they're just going to do a nice little slow procession around the arena. They were fucking going for it. And there's sparks flying off the wheels and the carts fall apart. And there's like, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. It really we need is to, We need else. to stop talking about this. It's just mad. It sounds, it sounds I want to go. Are they, go. are they like started invading nearby like towns and hamlets? <laughs> it's I really, mean, what's going I mean, on? you believe it. Yeah, it's incredible. And then when they have lions and tigers running around and then if, out of nowhere, a fucking hyena just runs across the entire thing. There's a hyena. What? I was like, what, if, what is happening? Like, it's just constantly trumping it. The Vikings display. Had, all right, just to give you an idea of how bonkers it is. It's, it's, there's quite a lot of religious iconography and sort of symbolism in, in it because the guy who owns Pudifu is deeply religious. So there's some religious stuff in it that's kind of unnecessarily over the top. So at one point, the Pope comes out of the water in the Vikings show and brings Christianity to the pagan Vikings or something. Like, we couldn't really follow the show. But then he's right. walking along in his gown. Like, you see the guy dressed as the Pope. He's walking along. They sort of extend the gown a bit. It looks a bit bigger. And suddenly... The, the, it drops to the ground like Obi-Wan in Star Wars and he's gone. And you're like, where the hell did the Pope go? Like, he just disappeared. And then a huge fight breaks out and there's a fireball so, so big that you could, we were, we were sitting in the, in the audience and the fireball, like, you could feel the heat of it on your face. It was like a nuclear war. It was insane. I was just like, what is happening? It was crazy. It was just crazy. That's nuts. There's a guy getting chased by like 20 wild boar, just runs across in front of you. There's like wild boar chasing a dude. They set fire to a guy on a horse. He's on the back of a horse. And they set fire to the, the, the dude and the horse. And it just rides off. And I was like, what? This is that's just too much to see. So honestly, it was it was just unbelievable. you got to see it. That's nuts. And we only saw four shows. There's like 12 or 15 shows or something. We only had time to fit in four. So you could definitely make it like a two or three day trip. It was incredible. Wow, that feels like feels like a lot. I mean, sitting through shows, that is like... I mean, like, we did that when we went to Vegas. You know, Jimbo sits we went to right. like, two or three shows when we were out there. Yeah, we and it did, was, yeah. It was a little bit like going to the movies, in a sense, because you were sat down a lot. <laughs> you were like... I don't think we should have gone to too many shows, though. As it, many, sorry. I think, like... I think I would have been happy just have go, have gone to, like, that the Cirque du Soleil one or, or some... Or, or one of the other ones, I guess. But, like... yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was. It felt like we went to too many shows. I don't we want to. Yeah, if I wanted to stay inside and watch amazing things, I'd stay. Do I do what I normally do every day? Play video games and watch movies. Yeah, but you know, strip down I, in front of the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find it. 
<laughs> I find it a little bit just kind of I don't know. That's that's the feeling I, li- I got a little bit with with Vegas because there was a little bit too much focus on shows. But then again, like Disneyland, it's a little bit too much focus on queuing, isn't it? You know, especially if you go at any time that is a vaguely sunny day. It's yeah. going to be like just absolutely heaving with people. Hey, listen, on, on the topic of Disneyland, they might be having a Disneyland in London mm. by 2021. Did you hear wow. about this? What? Yeah, it's likely to be in Kent, okay? okay. The Garden of England. That's not London, by the way. There's a big, big, well, it's kind of close though, right? It is. Yeah. Kent, is Kent, Kent, Kent is beautiful. I love Kent. Okay. It's a beautiful, so beautiful anyway. Kent. Big, there's a big site there that that they're working on putting in a, a Hollywood-themed attraction. Okay, there's no like official news on it yet, and the estimated cost is gonna be like two billion. Okay, to make this place, yeah, yeah. So like, and and people are pretty sure it's gonna be like a like something something to do with Disney, but also maybe something to do with Paramount Pictures as well. Ah. So I don't know. Oh, so, uh, so you might not need to go all the way to France next time you want to go to a theme park, baby. That's right. Yep. You just like, yep. go to Kent. I mean, I, I, I can imagine, well imagine them being a, a Disneyland in Kent. There's loads of space. The transport links are pretty good. Like you can get in and out of London real easy. And do you know what I think? Do you remember on one of the older podcasts I was talking about, was it Margate? I think I was saying that Margate could really be a great place and could come up a lot. <laughs> <Tell you what. laughs> Tell you what, Disneyland in, in Kent, Margate's on the way up, baby. That's going to be, people go stay in Margate so they can go to Disneyland. They should think about it. Margate, get on it. Yeah, it used to be a bit of a place, didn't it? But it's kind of, yeah, it, yeah isn't, it, isn't it like flipping the the like the dodgy constituency, the, the UKIP supporters down in Margate? Wasn't that their, one of their... I think that's Thanet. That's Thanet. Oh, that's Thanet. Yeah. That's different. Okay, but isn't that in Kent as well? Or yeah, yeah, it is, it? yeah. Yeah. It could be, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, right. I take, I take it back, Margateians. I'm sorry. But I, honestly, I mean, Kent, Kent is is a jewel. It's it's a jewel. It's ripe for the plucking. Beautiful countryside. So many good beaches. And uh, weather's not bad because it's on the, the eastern side instead of the west. So it really should uh, really should be something. I'm telling there's you. There's going to be a water park there as well. That's yeah. like almost confirmed. So yeah, it's there's awesome. going to be a big water park. Yeah, a water park. Yeah. in England. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Wait, you think we don't have water, Lewis? We've got a lot of water. Yeah. No one wants to go outside in a swimming Perfectly costume. Perfectly clean water as well. It's I'll, freezing. I'll have you know. Even in midsummer. Oh, it's, look, it's supposed to be summer now. I'm so disappointed with the English summer. Um, oh, like no. Everyone in the office is a little bit like, oh, thank God it's over. I'm glad it's miserable and wet again. You know, it was too hot. It was too hot. Doug has like oh, this. It was, Tom's like though. this. Man, it was too fucking hot. But oh, like, sh- it can't be. I, there's I'm just no not happy medium. That's the problem. It's like either like dreary and wet or just too hot. Like what? There's somewhere in between there that would be just perfectly fine, but like can't seem I, to I get it for some the, reason. I think the British attitude to summer sums up the British mentality entirely because when summer's on, we moan it's too hot. When it's not hot enough, we moan about the fact, where's summer? It, and you know what? I saw a thing on Twitter the other day where somebody linked all the Daily Mail headlines that were saying, open borders are a disgrace. Britain's just wide open. Foreigners, foreigners, foreigners. And then in the same like paper, they had another headline bemoaning the state of the borders that, you know, it was too hard for Brits to get into countries abroad and that the borders were taking too long. And it's like, well, what do they want? They want open borders. They want closed borders. It's, it's the same with the summer. It's too hot. It's too cold. They never have. Yeah, we just want to moan. Just want to moan. Yeah. Just want to moan. Yeah. Just want to have a, have a moan. Yeah. Why not? Oh my God. So, um, 
Are you are you are you being looked after? Are you feeling like are you feeling the sort of erosion of being on the road, P Flat? No, because you know when you're in. No, you, not at all. You're not missing your own like food and bed yet. Have you not no. worried about like you haven't got any clean clothes left? Like, no, you know. I've been here three days, dude. It yeah, was but like you me. went sort of straight from France, didn't you? Really, or did you? Yeah, did you come back for a day. It was such a chill holiday, and I, it was so relaxing and so nice that I kind of I was so recharged, and I hadn't done anything for a week. Like, I hadn't done any work and like that. So I was kind of. You know, I was revitalized and then, uh, you know, got here. Valve always looks after you really well. And they, they, you know, the food is nice. Seattle's got amazing clam chowder. Clam chowder was like one of my favorite things. So you come here, you get clam chowder. There's loads of places to eat. It's America. So there's lots of, you know, it's easy to get food and there's lots of bars. The weather is beautiful. And all, like, all my friends on the Dota scene are here, so almost all of them anyway. It's, it's great. Like, um, it's just great. I love it. We just, I just watch Dota for two weeks. We do funny content. I'm working with two of my good friends. So it's, it's fantastic. I'm loving it. And what is it? The 3rd of August? I've got another yeah. week and a half to go. TI hasn't even really started yet. The group stage is not really the start of TI. So, I mean, I know they've got all kinds of cool stuff planned for the main event. And I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm really buzzing at the moment. I'm very happy. So no, I'm not feeling wiped out at all. I'm, I'm, I'm well, very happy. Good for you, Flax. But we're over here miserable, like just doing <laughs> the same right. shit. I'm well, we're slogging, heading off, um, slogging through the same old goddamn shit. Oh, all the like time. a week or so, I'm heading off to Gamescom. And that oh, was yeah, that's right. Yeah, where they, I think I was there at Gamescom when they did the first TI there. I think the first, oh, yeah. was it the first TI was at Gamescom. What was that 2011? I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that sounds about right. And that was when I was there. And it was like, I'd played a bit of Dota, but I, I didn't really know it very well. And so, yeah, I watched a little bit of it then. But I didn't really think much of it. And then, obviously, it dropped out, out of Dota for a few years and then came back um, when you, you sort of played me. And when I played Dota, it was almost like I played the game and I was like, why have I ever played any other game in my life? You know, this game for is real? like the only one I need. Um, you know, why do I waste my time with all this other crap? This is this is the one I want to get good at. I need to, you know, this is enough of a game for me. It's complex enough. It's got enough in it. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. All my friends play it, blah, blah, blah. There's always people to play with. But, you know, coming away from it is almost like, it's like being with an abusive <laughs> ex a little bit. It's like you, you see the world again and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? I was stuck in this addiction of vortex of nightmare. It was like yeah. when I quit WoW or, or you know, any game really. That, that, that These games are very, they get their hooks into you. That's the thing. Like, I, I'm, you know, the thing about, thing about a book or something or a movie is that it ends, whereas mm. these games are designed nowadays to never end and they put you in this sort of purgatory world of never getting out of it. I don't know. But I guess other things in life are like that too. You know, like I met this one of my friend's um, sister. Oh, yeah. He's completely into cycling. Um and she is just obsessed with spike uh, cycling to the point that it consumes her life. So she was coming down um, and and um, visiting, and they left like she left a bunch of stuff at my house just for. It was like it was like she was coming down to do cycling, but also to to pop round and and use me as like a stopping ground on the fucking way to her next you know trip to to. Right. to uh, she wanted to go through the longest railway tunnel or whatever in England which is outside Bath somewhere on the cycling you know she was just mad about it and obsessed and you know completely blinded to everything else just addicted to it I guess so it is possible I guess to do that with things that aren't gaming I guess anything could be addictive if you if it's if it's got the right hooks maybe yeah look at drugs and alcohol like I mean that's nothing to do with gaming although you know you could do them while you're gaming (laughs) 
quite easily as well. That's a good, good, good point, Sips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of those actually. No, yeah, it's like it's amazing that other things are addictive besides just gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I was more addicted to like um, the social aspects of it, though. Right, like a lot of the That's time. That's the pull with a lot of games, though. You're like, WoW was the same. Like after a couple of years, I don't think WoW was like a groundbreaking game anymore. But you stuck around to hang out with your guild and stuff. Didn't the pull you? with WoW, I think, is that you don't want to let your other guildmates down. You know, it's like we need you for raiding at like this time. So you know. You, you're supposed to be there and if you miss out they'll get a replacement in or whatever and then you might not be able to hang out with your friends anymore kind of thing yeah it's a little bit I don't know like it's a bit like dread, scary isn't it like it's a bit of um, a bit of dread I think like that it evokes in you um, if if you miss out or, or don't appear and you, you feel like you'll let other people down and everyone else is in the same boat they're all feeling that they'll let yeah who wants down. to be a letdown <laughs> so yeah. they all stick around in these games for ages and ages and and do the same old thing night after night, but they they enjoy that social aspect. It's like it's like going to the pub and and drinking. I saw I saw how I sort of thought of it, like mm. that social aspect. You hang out with this group of guys that you get on with. You know, you're still playing Dota with Munt and Plague and all these people, Pflax, who you've played Dota for years and years with um, every evening. You just and it's very comfortable. It's very cozy. Like it doesn't have to be anything more than that. Um, I, lo- I, I love it. I mean, like, I just I don't think it's unhealthy. I, I love I love the game. I, I think that it's one of those things. If you get into something, I mean, yeah. Like I'm, I remember when you were both of you guys used to play a lot of Dota. But you yeah. guys, I mean, like I, I've always been obsessing about one thing at a time. Like I was football manager. I played a ridiculous amount of that. Eve oh, yeah. played a ridiculous you put, like, amount of that. Ten thousand hours. Insane uh, per football manager game. Yes, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I, I I will find a game and I'll just I'll just play that for 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 such a long time for such a long time. I mean, like you know, older Civs when Civ Four, I God knows how many hours I put into Civ Four. I loved it, and I used to just play it all the time. And it's the same with Dota. Like I, I'm just into it until something else comes along that I like in the same way. I'll play other things, but I'm, I'll always be playing this the most. Um, so I guess it's kind of, I don't know if that means that Dota is my life's passion or if it's just, there are certain games that appeal to me. It's normally games that I'm, I don't find easy to win, which I feel have loads of hidden depths that I have yet to notice, high skill caps and interesting builds and and cool stuff you can do. And I I, I don't know, it always feels like the games I've been into have been like that. Games that are too casual, I I could never really dedicate the time to. That's it, really. It mm. needs the depth. Like, I, I see people on, you know, Battle Brothers, to go back to that, there's not much to it. Like, there's really not much to it. It's like a real bare bones of a game. And I know that the guys who made it were like, it's finished. We're not doing any more. No DLC. We won't be releasing mods. This is all it's ever going to be. And a lot of people were very disappointed. They were like, I've got 500 hours in this game. There needs to be more. And I'm like, 500 hours of Battle Brothers? Like, Jesus, what are you yeah. thinking? There's nowhere near 500 hours of content in that. <laughs> it's crazy. Or people who just play The Witcher 3 endlessly like i'm, I'm gonna complete it with a so-and-so build and i'm gonna complete it with a so-and-so build. i'm like dude there's other games like there's just there's not enough to these games that you could just play that game for ten thousand hours i, I don't but, know though there's something to be said for just liking to be in a game though if you really like the setting and like just being in the game and the way that the game like uh like the character moves around and stuff like that like I, I don't know. I, I, I get it. Like, I, I get that people could play that much Witcher or Skyrim or like Fallout or whatever because they just like the setting and they like to be immersed in that setting. Like, maybe. I think that's got to be it. Yeah. They just but, love 
the aesthetic of it almost. But, yeah, but I, yeah. I feel like it, it is still essentially the same game. Like each time you play it, there might be some slight differences, but you know yeah. the areas you're going to go through and all the rest of it. I mean, in EVE, it's like completely open world. With Football Manager, it can be different every time, like every single time. Civ was the same, like different map. It's going to be different every time. I, th- I mean, that was for me one of the failings of Civ Five is that it, it didn't give you enough choice. There were like certain paths you had to go down, uh, although that's improved with all the mods and stuff like that. But with Battle Brothers, it's just grinding. Like you just grind. That's it. You grind fights. Enough of your guys make it that they get incrementally better repeat and apparently that's mm. enough for some people to put 500 hours into the game with dota every game is different the combination of heroes mm. and items and the way the game goes they're all different i like that i want each time i play it the framework to be the same but the experience to be completely different and that's why i've never understood why someone can play a single player game for thousands of hours because it's just going to be the same every time it's like it's it's going to be i mean not a single player game obviously but i mean like a structured game like witcher that has a narrative and a flow uh i, I didn't get it i mean wow i got it you know, you played with friends, you had to get certain items. Yes, there were quests, but they will keep adding new stuff on the end, so it never finished. Um, I don't know. I don't, games that end, I don't see how you can play them through multiple, multiple Well, times. you say that, but I, I played Mass Effect 2 single player uh, all game. the way to the end. And um, as soon as I got to the end, I restarted and played it again all the way wow, through. Wow, that's crazy. Um, and I, again, I just really really liked the game i really liked just like being in in the world of the game and stuff it was a great game yeah i wanted to take some different choices i wanted to like piss a couple of people off that i i didn't like near the end of the game and stuff like that so i I went through it again played it again and um enjoyed it just as much second time around that's the first time i've ever done that in any right but have you done it 50 times no god but no. there are people like, out there that have yeah, yeah like there are definitely people that are like i'm going to do another mass effect 2 playthrough and they'll just play through it and they know every nook and cranny and every secret and they know the optimal this that and the other i mean that, that's why like when you see people that do speed runs in games and stuff they've played that one game but generally most of those games have not much depth it's a simple path you just have to be as optimal as possible that's what they're into how optimal can i be in completing this quest or, or this level it's crazy. I, 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 it's the complete opposite of the way I play. So games. I mean, yeah. Let's go back to like Dota, right? So one thing I, I, I sort of always was a little bit surprised about with Dota was how the, the people who play it it tends to lead to a very specific kind of personality type who, who <laughs> plays this game, right? And I guess that's why no teams can basically stay together for any period of time they just the, every single international i've seen th- there's no way to follow a team like no one sticks to a team at least like when it when it was like you know but not not using football as a particularly good example because people do transfer around and stuff but at least certain sort of key people I, I don't know i feel like i feel like every international it seems like i'm looking at a team and it's like i don't recognize any of the names from this team but right. but, but the people who all used to be in this team are now spread out wildly across dota it's like it's so weird is it why is that pflex that people cannot possibly play in the same fucking team for more than a year i don't Um, think they're i don't think they're designed like it's i don't think it's like that though i don't think it's meant to be like that i think it is meant to be a bit like football people get transferred around or whatever and move around try different teams you know like well here's the thing they, they brought in this this roster lock system 
So, because what was happening was teams were swapping so much that it was, you were losing any kind of cohesion. Like it was literally like teams were like, we lost this game, get this guy out, we'll get someone else. And it, it basically meant that teams never had to get along with each other. Because if it didn't work out, you just get kicked, they get someone else in, no problem. And there's no, there's no transfer fees or anything like that on the whole. So you just swapped, right? People just left and it was, it was crazy. So they brought in the roster lock system so that there was some kind of consistency. Quite a few of the teams have been fairly consistent. Um, they'll bring in a couple of people, but you know, there's a lot of names that have been sticking around. Like Puppy's been on secret forever. Pylai Dai's been on secret forever. EG have been pretty stable. Um, but to give you an example, to, to clarify what Lewis, not to clarify, but to back it up, the two grand finalists from last year, those two teams, DC, that DC is no longer that DC. The DC that's here now is a completely different team of five players. The guys that what, were in that DC, completely different five, completely different five, because the team that was DC that finished runner-up last year left DC and were a planet odd and failed to qualify for this TI. Failed to qualify. Didn't qualify. So Wings, well, it's the same five players. Though. No, no, no. It's completely different five. And no, that no, no. Team like the, 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 the same five left and failed to qualify. Yeah. So the five players that finished second <laughs> in the last TI, there was a slight rejigging. I think Moo left and, and joined, I think, Complexity. But basically, that team that finished second, it would be like, like whichever team's been finished second in the Premier League last year, just selling everybody and buying an entirely new team. It was, it's crazy, right? So that DC left Digital Chaos, that organization, formed a team called Planet Odd, failed to qualify. The new DC did qualify. They're doing okay. Wings, who were the winners of TI6, amazing team, blew everybody away. Like everybody thought this team is going to dominate Dota. They didn't. They didn't make it to TI7. They had problems with the organizations in China, the esports organizations in China. They weren't allowed to compete anymore. Team is dead. So it's like, what is happening? It's, it's, it's insane. It, it, it's absolutely nuts. The, the grand finalists and the runner-up last year are not at TI7. So there's no defending champion, not even the team. The team doesn't even exist. It's, it's bonkers. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is it's, what it's I'm really talking weird. about. I mean, how could you have like... How can you follow a sport and kind of root for a team or, or when the hoodie that you buy from that team is, you know, fucking irrelevant within weeks, it feels I know. like. It is a bit weird. And I know that Hotbed, who's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it, maybe people might have heard of but him. Is it, because of the P- is it because of the players? No, it's not. It's, I mean, the, it, it's the nature of esports is that the teams are very transitory, right? Because... There's, because of the limitations of things like transfer fees, if you think about football, the reason the player signs a five-year contract and ends up there is because a team would have to pay a fortune to get him to come to another club, and the other team isn't going to sell and all the rest of it. In esports, I think the contracts are a lot shorter, um, and essentially, if it's not working out, it's a five-person team. There's no substitute that you can bring in. If he falls out with his teammates, they all hate him, he hates them, you're better off getting rid of him. And so, they, you know, they, they tend to fall out and... And I, I don't trust him anymore. He's lost the faith of the team. So the captain's gone or the two of the teammates leave or they want to go to a, try something else and everything like that. So one of the things that happens at TI is a lot of people spend their time figuring out what are we going to do after TI? Like, we're obviously not going to win this one. It hasn't gone well. We got knocked out. We finished eighth. So they start finding out which players are unhappy on their teams and seeing if they can build a new roster or a new team post-TI. There's like the, the post-TI reshuffle where all the teams break up and this guy goes here. So what the fans do is they're interested in certain players, like people are an Arteezy fan or they're a, an Envy right. fan or they're a Burning fan. Yeah. They're not a fan of a team as much, which is weird because Ken was saying, the thing is, this is hotbed, the thing with teams in traditional sports like baseball or American football or, or football or whatever is that those teams are like 100 years old. Yeah. Your dad supported it and his dad supported it and so you support it. 
So it, it's different. You have an attachment to the team because it has a geographical location. That's it. Yeah, they're they're, they're based around a city. So right. like, so well, people you know, support your fan team. base is going to be from a exactly. city. So Liverpool, you're from Liverpool. You're a Liverpool or an Everton fan. That's it. So or Port Vale, I guess. But it's like these are the teams that you support because you were born there and they represent. Well, they used to. You know, they don't really anymore. Your sort of region. So I think in Dota, if you're a Chinese fan of Dota, you'll be a fan of Chinese teams. If you're an NA fan, you'll be a fan of NA teams. That's as close as it gets. So it's more global and player-based rather than city-based. But um, mm. some teams, like if, if a team does really well, like EG is like a dynasty team. Like everybody knows EG. OG is the same. People do support those teams because of what they've done in the past. Even if the player roster changes, people are seriously attached to OG. Now, OG, who had a green logo, their logo was just a green hexagon with OG written in the middle. They, they are now sponsored by Red Bull. So they've <laughs> changed to a blue logo with the Red Bull logo and their red, OG Red Bull or OG, OG, you know, OG wins sort of thing people call them. Yeah. But um, it used to be bleed green or dream green was like the slogan, but they're not green anymore because green is the color of Monster Energy Drink, which is obviously a rival of Red Bull. So if you're an OG fan and you've got all the green gear and everything, now they're blue. So what are you going to do? Yeah. It's, it's kind of I mean, it's kind of like, like, like North American sports. I remember like when I was a kid, like, um, like baseball, okay? Yeah. The Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. They used to play in a stadium called the Sky Dome. It was called the Sky Dome mm-hmm. back in the 80s and the 90s or whatever. And it was like this really nice stadium that was like right next to the CN Tower or like the base of the CN Tower and stuff. And it was, you know, it was, it was like like iconic, right? Like, y'all, we're at the Sky Dome today, ladies and gentlemen, for the for the Jays game and stuff. And then, uh, but, but the stadium was bought by a telecoms company called Rogers, Okay, like the like such a Rogers, like what, just call your call your fucking company Brian or something, like you know. So anyway, so of course they they can't just keep it called the Sky Dome for whatever reason. So now it's called the Rogers Center, and it just doesn't have the same ring to it or anything, yeah. right? Like it, you know, the Sky Dome, like that sounds awesome. Ro- yeah. the Rogers Center that sounds like a fucking community center and like. You know, Slough or something. Like, yeah, I, you know, I hate, I hate sound... the renaming of football stadiums. I mean, yeah. Bournemouth used so to like, play in Dean Court. Now it's, you know, it's something else. Bolton used to play in the baseball ground. Now it's like the Reebok. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's sucked all the, and, the joy And out I of. guess, like, you know, you don't, you don't normally get in, like, established sports, you know, like, again, baseball, for example. You wouldn't have a, a logo that had another corporate logo in it like that just seems to be something that doesn't happen but with like esports it's still not super duper established and it is going to stray away from the traditional sports stuff as well like it has to it's just completely different right i'm not sure i'm okay though like watching a professional dota game where all the players have got red bull in their name which i assume they have right Hmm. but does they they're called like red red bull owie five million or whatever and stuff yeah no i don't think so because they're just og the team name is still yeah. og right so yeah it's, yeah they're og but but red the red bull logo is in there yeah the, but it doesn't actually say red bull like in their in their name anywhere no, like, I don't in think the so. game. I, that used to irritate me when like players would have that though they'd have their sponsorship in their actual player name and that was like yeah oh my God. anyway like one more question before we have to like finish off this i was interested in just finding out so to what extent is there like a influx of new like people into the scene like or is it a fairly established sort of is there a fairly small level of people at the very very top do you, do you mean in terms of players well the thing about hearthstone for example is that hearthstone is a 
okay, it's not as high a skill cap as Dota, I think. Like, a lot of people can... It's a, it's a little bit... Look, people at the top of Hearthstone are very good at Hearthstone, right? But right. you get this because of the way it's done through all you have to do is qualify, legend a certain amount of seasons, go to a certain amount of events, blah, blah, blah. It's not actually that. If you're really good and you're a really new guy, it's easy to get sort of discovered, I guess. Like, yeah, to what yeah. extent does that happen with like a really good Dota player who's actually like it, it, high MMR the, the thing or is, something? If you imagine the, the, the MMR as being like a pyramid, right? And the, the closer to the top of the pyramid you get, so the more the higher your MMR, the fewer and fewer players you're playing with and against. Because when you're queuing solo at like seven and a half, eight k MMR, which is really high, like there are yeah. lots of the pros are like in that bracket. The very top pros are like nine and ten k. That's like the, the mid players, the absolute bees knees players. They will queue into other pros all the time. And if you talk to the pros and the analysts who are really really good, they'll say they'll be talking to the pros and say, "Oh, do you remember that pub we played the other day?" Because they'll queue into each other and they'll all see each other in these games all the time. Now, if you're really, really, really good at Dota and you grind solo queue all the time, you will be playing in these games with and against pros. And they will see you and they will say, holy shit, this guy's really good. And they'll invite you to play some scrims with them and stuff like that. And if you pass the pass muster... You're on a team. I mean, there's lots of players that have done that. Lots and lots of players have done that. That's the, the discovery for, for Dota players is all done by the players. There's not That's some great. scout that has to go out there. The players just no. solo queue pub games. They play against a guy who's really good. They're like, holy shit, this guy is amazing. But maybe he's only good on like one hero, which does happen. Some some people will grind a single like hero that's really good in that patch get really high on the mar. Of course, when they play in a screen, people just ban that hero and then they look like asses and they're like, okay, I actually can't play any other heroes very well. And they, they suck. <laughs> So yeah. it, it does happen. That, like would, it does happen. that would be me. Well, like I, I would never get to the high MMRs in the first place. But if I ever did, off some fluke or whatever, they'd be like, "Oh, would, they bad witch the guys." I would be That's the it. asshole yeah. that looks like an asshole for not knowing how to play the rest of the game. Like only yeah. one thing repeatedly. Oh, that's great. That's fashion. a really positive uh, little thing to end on. I think we have to end because you have to go, right? You have, you've got like four minutes today. You have to get to your. Yeah, we've your got to. Um, we, we've written a script for a bit that we're doing today, and uh, I've got to go and run over it. So. Uh, yeah, all right well thanks for thanks for joining us p flex um yeah a pleasure as always a pleasure as always thanks to everyone who's listened to the triforce podcast this week bit of a weird one i think but um triforce on the yeah. road yeah it's a, well we gotta do it though it's been a while since yeah. we had another Cheers, one dude. so it's been great to chat and catch up thanks. i'm i'm following ti with great interest and uh, your vlog so yeah if i'll you try and give you guys out, a shout out i will try and give, i've got a lot of people requesting shout outs but you guys deserve one more than most that's for oh sure. thanks man thanks i love you say hi Say hi to day nine for me. Will do. I'm a big fan of his. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Peace, lads. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.